Hi everyone. Um, welcome to our new podcast, A Political Coming of Age. My name is Amelia Ortiz. I'm here with my best friend and co-host. I'm Scarlett Lee. Um, and we're so excited for our pilot episode. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's a huge deal. We're so excited <laughs> for this, you guys. Um, I guess we'll fill you in a little bit on who we are. I'm 17. Amelia's 18. We're seniors in high school. Um, about to go off to college. Super mm-hmm. nerve-wracking. Um, and we're best friends and we're both, I think both of us have very, very, very similar views on the world. We're basically the same We're person. basically the same person. We like have all the same interests and... We read the same books, listen to the same podcasts. Yeah, talk. we're both feminists. <laughs> we're both very opinionated. We're Definitely in too opinionated, right? I mean... You know, I feel like we're just strong women who yeah, have a lot to say. But sometimes we have too much. Sometimes I feel like it's not warranted. Like, we don't have the experience to be speaking about what we're speaking about. I but mean, I'm down. this podcast is probably, like, the definition of, like, who asked about your opinions. Not anyone, but oh. here you are broadcasting them to the internet. We actually wanted that as our name is who asked, but it was taken. Yeah. So, if who <laughs> asked is listening, give us the name. We'll give you 20 bucks on Venmo. <laughs> I, I like the name of political coming of age, though. And Me too. I think it's fitting. We're, I mean, we're talking about basically like what we're going to be talking about for the rest of this season is kind of like our identities as like young people who are interested in politics, who are growing up in a very divided time um, and like kind of just navigating that. Yeah, just an uh, array of topics that I think a lot of people find interesting, but we have certain takes on them and we have like like we said earlier is that we have a lot of opinions and we have a lot of things to say and we always find ourselves in these like really 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 entrenched in these like crazy conversations just like all the time um and typically at 3 a.m you know when we both have huge essays that's actually that's how we got the idea to have a podcast because we would be like awake in the middle of the night talking on facetime every night for so long having conversations about like politics and current events and all this stuff we already have we run a club together at school called current events club which is like oh whatever but i swear to god it actually is a really interesting club we talk about we talk about like everything going on in the world and like offer our two cents and whatever um but I think all the time we can agree that like we just we would have these like really long conversations talking about like what we think about the world um and we're like hey why don't we podcast this like even if no one really cares that much I still enjoy having these conversations I think the way that you should go forward if you choose to listen to any of the rest of our episodes is that like just picture it as if like you're listening to a conversation between two like high school best friends um yeah and like we just happen to be recording it yeah so i thought that it'd be kind of fun like even if just one person's listening you know that's cool yeah well thank you for listening anyways if that's you (laughs) um i think we should talk maybe for a second about why why we actually decided to start this podcast Mm -hmm. about politics um i think that we can both agree that for american teenagers our political coming of age has been a very tumultuous one definitely i mean it's been difficult to sort of grow up as a teenager trying to figure out who you are and like what place you are you have in the world while also living in Trump's America and in such a divided nation and it's just such a uh, sort of crucial time in everyone's life is your teenage years when you really are coming to terms with who you are and your identity and doing that in such a hostile 
time in the world has been really interesting I think I mean yeah that's like something Amelia and I both really agreed on it's like especially right when Trump got elected how old were we like 13 mm-hmm. yeah 12 or like 12 and 13 I was in seventh grade I remember that I remember the specific day um and that's like right when you're going through puberty you're really trying to figure out who you are um and like who you want to be your identity you're you're sorting it out and it's a very difficult time and then I just remember like all of this insane stuff happening in like the political world and like in America um and I I think it just honestly really confused me I was like how am I supposed to find out like who I am if like the world around me is so chaotic and I feel like it was like influencing me a lot and that's something we're still navigating and that's something we'll be talking about I definitely agree I think that this podcast basically is just you guys are going to come along while we navigate things and while we figure things out navigating things you know us just navigating just navigating <laughs> love that word <laughs> um but I mean for the most part I think that the political climate has largely affected our generation's upbringing and also like our generational identity mm-hmm. um I think that it's like the past couple or past like six years or so I would say are going to be written about in history books and that's something that we were kind of realizing as we were living through it um but we've seen like the boundary breaking candidacies of women and people of color and the norm shattering presidency of Donald Trump and we've lived through racial justice protests a pandemic um and attacks on American democracy yeah and I think that our generation is really progressive and our generation has sort of been really politicized you know and honestly we're sort of a generation of like advocates and revolutionaries and I know that a lot of generations when they're young like boomers and uh, gen x whatever when they were young they were pretty super progressive and super sort of like wanted systemic change um but I think it's different for us I do too because I think in a lot of ways we're kind of traumatized (laughs) um like slightly traumatized but I feel like kind of what's different is that like we're very motivated to change the world and I think that we're starting to figure out that we have the power to do so um and it's kind of like I feel like what's specific about the time that we're like obviously there's been huge things that's happened for every generation but for us I feel like things that are just happening in the world that would normally just be like a current event have now been really politicized Mm -hmm. um and like you can't escape politics like it has affected so much of our lives just hearing about it and experiencing the aftermath of so many of these crazy things that have happened um it's it's difficult to figure out and try and find yourself when when all this stuff is happening around you definitely i mean when did you when do you think that you first had your like sort of political reckoning or like political coming of age one would say like when was the moment that you were like you know I'm actually interested in this and I'm gonna pay attention I mean I think for me I feel like it just comes to a certain point where it was like I couldn't escape it like Mm -hmm. I felt like it was around me every day I was constantly hearing about like things going on around me especially with Trump's presidency and I honestly think that I can credit Trump with me having having this kind of political reckoning and like awakening where I was like oh my god he's saying all these like like for me, like I'm Chinese and white. Um, and first I was hearing him say all these things about women. And then during COVID, I heard him start saying all this stuff about Chinese people. And this is during the time where like, I'm trying to apply to colleges and I'm like, I don't know what 
like box to tick when I'm selecting my ethnicity and like I'm trying to figure out who I am and how my identities intersect um Mm -hmm. and I was like I feel like he's like influencing me and the fact that people agreed with what he was saying so much I was like is this how does America see me and like do I really want to be I feel like I also had this idea of like what it means to be an American like I started to reckon with that and like the fact that maybe I'm not proud to be an American and that's okay like I'm allowed to feel like that like I remember having this conversation with my dad where I was like are you proud to be an American um and he was like yeah and I was like why like don't you hear all this stuff that like Trump is saying that like he's like he doesn't like like (laughs) so many people in this country need so many bad things to say like why would you want to identify with that yeah and then I like I asked him I was like would you be friends with someone who had different political views than you and he was like yeah of course I would and I was like well I would too but I think that maybe I would draw the line at being friends with a Trump supporter just because it's like if you're a hardcore Trump supporter and you really uh, like all of your values exactly align with his like that for me means that like you don't respect me as a person and you don't respect who I am and like why would you want to be friends with someone who doesn't respect you anyways that was a huge tangent um but but you're totally right (laughs) I think that was for me where I started to figure out like hey I kind of want to I want to be knowledgeable about this and I want to learn um I just always like I feel like I have the most respect for people's political opinions even if they're different from mine when they've taken the time to truly like go and educate themselves and formulate an opinion yeah um totally yeah what about you um okay well I I think that the start of well it all kind of started because my parents were divorced and they're not really friends I mean they're not they don't hate each other but they're definitely not friends this is another thing Amelia and I relate over we're both children of divorce (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. and um when we would have to all come together for like birthdays and graduations and you know like those events that everyone has to sit at a dinner table together for like some nice Christmas uh the only thing my parents could agree on was politics and Trump. <laughs> and so, and even before Trump, honestly, like Obama and we, Scott and I, we both honestly, fortunately on our end, um, grew up in very NPR listening morning, morning eclectic. We just said that at the same Cherry time. Cherry Glazer. Yeah. Love Super, Cherry Glazer. Like New Yorker toe. I don't know. Yeah. Very liberal homes. And like, at yeah, least like, for me go to whole foods and like the public library every weekend like, exactly that, those were the activities we were raised in a very similar way yeah definitely but i sort of like the only thing my parents could agree on was politics so i found myself like literally having to learn about it to like earn a spot at the dinner table and even if when they weren't together it was like my i have older siblings and they're both really political too and so if I wanted to like have a decent time at dinner and like relatively be able to speak, I had to know what was going on, you know? And so I started listening to like the daily and started listening a little more to little other things. It's really addictive. Don't you think? Like, I mean, I think it's, I always say this that I feel like once you, it's like Pandora's box. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, once you learn about all the messed up stuff that's happening in the world, it's almost like, Oh my God. Well, I can't just like hear about that. And like, just like go on with my life like you have to know more yeah exactly and I think that both happened for us where we were like hey this is interesting and like this is gonna have tangible effects on our lives Mm -hmm. like the stuff happening the stuff that's happening under Trump's presidency we were like this is gonna start affecting us like um and that's I think when we both made the switch to like try and 
be more engaged definitely and i'm not saying that we're like the most like politically engaged and active and knowledgeable and informed people ever like we're not at all um i think but i think we're trying and we know we know what's up we know what's going on we you know read theory and read the news watch the news we can (laughs) kind of get it but speaking of the news it's been really hard growing up in this time because we don't know what to trust or believe and it's so like it's become so increasingly difficult to form a political opinion and i am constantly like over stimulated by news and Mm -hmm. overly cautious of what i'm reading and i'm consuming i'm I'm very liberal and like I'm very I'm have very strong beliefs and whatever but I can say my parents and like my mom like they're totally brainwashed by liberal media like it's not just Fox News you know Fox News isn't the only wrong media it's like there's a lot of it and I can I can tell because I can hear the things that they're saying and I'm just like that is not right like you just don't that's not true yeah well I think it's super interesting to consider especially like we are growing up in a fake news era and I was just reading the study like political scientists are saying that like more than ever our generation feels super disillusioned by the government like and compared to other generations like there's never been this level of distrust um and it's because we've grown up in such an era of just like, we don't know who to believe. We don't know where to go to find our information. And when you consider the role of the news and media and how they honestly like influence society um, when such big events are happening, like even like say like, I think just like in in every part of life, like how they're writing about these events, it's super influential. So where Definitely. you're sourcing your news um, is really important. And I think that there's like a significant share of teenagers who have felt motivated to become involved themselves whether uh like in in american politics and in global politics um whether out of inspiration or frustration and frustration with the news and frustration with american politicians and what is going on in this climate i think that it has almost been forced upon them definitely i feel like it's a hundred percent yeah um i think we both fall into that category for Um, sure and we've kind of struggled to just like like we've been saying like figure out who we are and like navigate the world as a young woman who's interested in politics which i mean look at the government like it's not necessarily like we both want to go major in poli sci and like we want to be involved in politics like that's what we both are really interested in doing um and we're about to go off to college and try and pursue that but politics is not a field that like necessarily wants women to be involved Mm -hmm. um and I i think it's super damaging to grow up like being like, hey, I want to be a politician. And then you look at who's in the government and it's all old white men. And you're like, how are these people supposed to control what's going on in my life, what's going on in the world when there's no one who looks like me? They have no idea what I want. Like, it's it's difficult. Um, And it's also not to mention, well, first of all, the women in american politics have all been chosen by old white men to represent old white men you know what i mean like it's like like, amy coney barrett like exactly so depressing And then there's one you know latina american woman in politics aoc i'm um sorry i forgot to mention this earlier i'm colombian american and it's like if i say oh i look up to her and i do because i think that you know i think she's a I think that it's nice seeing someone like me in politics and like me with that much power. It's representation matters. Like it really does. Yeah. But look at the way people treat AOC. That's what I'm saying. They literally 
hate her and like, if you she say- gets so much backlash so but much it's not even just that and i understand that whatever she's on some things wrong i don't know i don't idolize her but i just do i i think that it's nice to see her um but if you say you like aoc you're automatically like you're just a basic girl you know what i mean it's like it's like hey it's just refreshing to have someone who looks somewhat like you in government and someone who's progressive and who's who's authentic and unapologetic about their views and is gen like i just like i look up to her as a politician just because i feel like she's like unafraid Mm -hmm. um and i think it takes a lot more courage to be in her position than it does to be in the position of like any other white old man in government right now but also it's hard to have political commentary at least in our experience you know as a young girl and be taken seriously yeah people tell me all the time that my political views and my political my outlook on american politics is gonna change when i get older you Mm -hmm. know i'm i'm young i'm naive it's like okay maybe but i know a lot i know what i'm talking about i have a lot to say like let it's so hard to be taken seriously and that is so frustrating that it's almost buried it inside of me that i don't speak about it around especially men yeah. i don't because i don't feel the need to hear their little patronizing ramble like i don't need it and i think that's also like we're creating this podcast like as a way for us to try and empower ourselves in a field like that necessarily doesn't that doesn't necessarily aff- accept us even if you look at the demographics of who's podcasting yeah um i was doing research on this the other day it is in the majority white males um and so we're trying to create a space for ourselves to share our opinions without being looked down upon because it's like hey you're podcasting who's going to tell you i mean maybe the whole internet is going to say like we hate your opinions um but at least we won't be spoken over or interrupted yeah and that's actually what we're talking about today that's our main topic yeah um we're talking about the near universal experience that naturally makes every woman cringe um it's common it's cringeworthy it's been documented some might argue at least since the 17th century it happens on twitter it happens at work um in films tv news and in classrooms it Um, happens everywhere and also in politics a lot of politicians um this familiar feeling is mansplaining you know when a man begins to pontificate on a topic that you're already actually incredibly well versed in um as what feels like hours upon hours crawl by it's only been five minutes (laughs) of them explaining the stock market (laughs) and in 2008 oh first of all amazing book um it's called men explain things to me by rebecca solnit we're going to reference her a lot in here I read it this summer. It is so good. I really recommend it. It's just a, it's a compilation of a bunch of her essays. But the first the first essay is where in 2008 she coined the term mansplain and she used it to describe this phenomenon. Um, it was inspired by an experience where a man at a party provided an unsolicited deluge of patronizing opinions and um, explanations regarding a book. You know, just a book, just talking to her about a book. But the book was hers. And it was written by <laughs> Solnit herself. <laughs> it's so iconic. Yeah. Um, and in this book, Men Explain Things to Me, she writes, Every woman knows what I'm talking about. It's the presumption that makes it hard at times for any woman in any field that keeps women from speaking up and from being heard when they dare. 
that crushes young women into silence by indicating the way harassment on the street does that this is not their world. Um, it trains us in self-doubt and self-limitation just as it exercises men's unsupported overconfidence. Exactly. And I think that that's the most, you know, poetic, beautiful way to put it. She's amazing. Yeah. But part of what's Romanticize going on... mansplaining. <laughs> part of what's going on is the presumption that women will be less knowledgeable, you know, and less comp- competent and somehow, for some reason need a man to explain things to her they like i mean sorry to interrupt you but i think it's inherent in the patriarchy that like men have this entitlement to all valuable human goods including knowledge um and i think mansplaining is the idea that men have a prior claim to knowledge that their voice will always be louder than yours but also that they have every right to speak over women to make women smaller definitely and that they they know they have yeah they know what they're saying more than you do and they know more than you do and even if you do know it doesn't matter because their voice will always be louder um men will always seem more credible and more people i this is maybe such a harsh way to frame it but i always grew up feeling like people just cared what men have to say more Mm -hmm. their opinions are more valid um they hold more weight in every conversation Mm -hmm. but and it always will be like, oh, it's men changing the world. Like men are getting things done. And it's like, no, men have made no, no space in the world for women to do these things. Yeah, definitely. And men never seem to really want to acknowledge when they're mansplaining. If oh you've ever God. noticed, um, men are convinced that, I mean, okay, obviously also everything that we're saying we're right now is a generalization. But men are convinced that mansplaining doesn't exist and get extremely offended if you acknowledge its existence yeah like whenever i've been like hey you're mansplaining to a boy like and i would say for me honestly that most of the time that i experience mansplaining is in school and it sucks because i'm trying to go to school and get an education and there's a bunch of boys telling me that yeah (laughs) whatever my my education does not matter as much as theirs um but I experience it in school and it drives me absolutely crazy. I feel yeah. like honestly every day I get it spoken over in class. Like it doesn't matter how much I know. I know. Um, and one thing that we wanted to talk about today was what we like to call the Wolf of Wall Street boy. You know? This is the prototype. Yeah. Never ask. A, they love Jordan Belfort. They love him love. so much. Yeah. And they love Leonardo DiCaprio in The Wolf of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Always will be their favorite movie. Like a um, stock market bro. A stock market bro. But like a uh, sort of pre-workforce stock market bro. Um, never ask a boy why we can't print more money or to explain day trading to you. It will be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I... One example of mansplaining that I experienced was in my, which I thought was sort of like really uh, sort of, I don't know, revolutionized my mindset on it. Yeah, changed the way you thought about. I mean, it's just just a prime example of a a Wolf of Wall Street boy. Yeah. But I was in a history class and my teacher briefly mentions the Great Depression. Therefore, mentions the stock market <laughs> right when i hear those words come out of his mouth i kid you not eight boys in the back of my class stand up so quickly to just give everyone these general definitions of the stock market sp- 
screaming over each other. To, oh, I want to explain. Like, it no was, one asked. The teacher didn't ask. No one person asked. They just felt that their definition of the stock market was for some reason could be of value to everyone which superior all- to that of an educated professional as well may i add yeah and teacher <laughs> my female teacher also um and everyone in that class knew what the stock market was if you believe it or not <laughs> and then at one point this girl in my grade who i really admire she actually spoke up and like said some fact about the stock market that was actually interesting it was about i don't remember honestly but she said something about it she joined in which i could tell every other girl in our class was like literally too scared to and this boy said oh wow i'm so surprised that you know about this and And i was like like, what like economics is for men (laughs) not women how dare you know about that like (laughs) it's also just so rude and so blatant it's like hide it a little more if you have left less respect for women i mean it's just that women don't want to talk to you about it because they're scared like sorry you're so aggressive when it comes to but it's not our fault for being scared day trade it is not our fault for being scared by any means um I mean, I've had another experience, like, I think my, my biggest experience of mansplaining, and I think this, like, is, like, the definition of it, is a couple years ago, I think there was, like, an abortion ban or something, it was, um, Trump elected Amy Coney Barrett, whatever, it was a huge social issue people were talking about, um, and this kid, I'm, like, talking about it, and he starts to come and explain to me how, like, abortion is murder, and, like, all of the biological, understandings that he had apparently formulated about what abortion was um and like fetal viability and all this stuff and how they have a heartbeat and I was like you are mansplaining something that I sorry I know a lot more than you about and I didn't ask you and you're mansplaining a female issue to me crazy it's like kind of funny because it's like when uh male governors and politicians make rules about women's bodies like that kind of feels like mansplaining doesn't it too totally it's like big (laughs) yeah it's like big scaled mansplaining yeah (laughs) it's like you think you know what to do with your body no 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 you don't like let me tell you what to do because i'm right and you're wrong (laughs) yeah but unfortunately that version of mansplaining actually has really detrimental effects yeah on half the population yeah so it's a little a lot something we got to work through (laughs) um but anyway women just have to be smaller so that men can be bigger and mansplaining is such a deeper problem than just listening to a man speak for an elongated period of time you know and solnit says i think that solnit says it really perfectly she says that it crushes young women into silence by telling them that this is not their world and that it trains us in self-doubt and self-limitation just as it exercises men's unsupported overconfidence i thought that that was a really really powerful way to speak about it i mean yeah because it like it is honestly like although both of us agree like we see it mostly in small conversations we see it in small parts of our everyday lives but those experiences add up um and I think it has really big effects on society and the way honestly even like men and women interact and the way the mindset that women kind of have to carry when expressing Mm -hmm. their opinions or even just like stating a fact um I think it it translates into being in the classroom and like the common fear that young women feel about 
like participating or raising their hand or answering a question Definitely. in academic settings. I've experienced that fear firsthand almost every day. Yeah. I'm too scared. And I, I don't even think what sucks about it is I don't even think we're necessarily like actively realizing that we end our sentences with question marks or we're like not. I think or like maybe I'm wrong we add all these things to precede our sentences even if we know it's right mm-hmm. just because we're scared that our opinion isn't as valid or that someone else will say like hey no you're wrong um exactly and having the confidence to make mistakes and ask questions in the classroom shouldn't be a privilege it should be a right that all students feel comfortable exercising because this is and this phenomenon of mansplaining puts unequal pressure on women and girls to remain hyper-conscious of everything they say. And making mistakes is such a critical part of learning. It is so sad. We don't have room to make mistakes. Um, that our education is being infringed on because of this. Or even if it's like a, a girl and a boy make the same exact statement... I feel like it's like the girl is more likely to be the one who's like, hey, that's not like she's the one who's, who's going to receive like the backlash for it. Totally. Um, and it's like it's so difficult to try and share your opinion, even just like at school every day where I'm like, I feel like someone's going to tell me I'm wrong, even if I know I'm right. Or like someone will always have more to say than me or talk over me just because I feel like I'm limiting myself. Yeah. But and also- in an academic setting as well, it's like. I'm trying to go to school and learn and like I want to go formulate opinions on the world and how the world works at school. How am I supposed to do that when I'm constantly being talked over or interrupted or told I'm wrong? Yeah and speaking of being interrupted it's really hard to interrupt men when they're mansplaining Mm -hmm. (laughs) and there's a really like strong sense in women that we need to sort of provide a pleasant audience to men and like that we can't interrupt them because that's just a you know i don't know it's just that's how it is that's how we've been raised correcting someone is an inherently hierarchical act it's like saying you're wrong i'm right and like my opinion holds more weight than yours which is really bold and it's really scary for a lot of women therefore shadowing women and making women sit within these can sometimes hour-long explanations that any man would be able to say oh no i already know that um yeah i know and you know contribute to the conversation but women have been brought up to not do that and to be polite and Mm -hmm. to be submissive and small Mm -hmm. constantly making ourselves smaller and we don't even realize it Mm -hmm. i mean not i don't think we're making ourselves smaller i think the the world is making us smaller um yeah that's kind of existential (laughs) yeah but it's like jumping in when a guy whatever man male guy whatever is mistaken um or has less expertise in the subject that you're talking about is kind of inverting the gender hierarchy Mm -hmm. um and it's like even though a woman is perfectly entitled to intervene it's perceived by men who feel entitled to a smooth exchange as like socially abrupt or rude or even like a form of violence um because it disrupts the status quo and overturns a man's position as the default authority in the exchange definitely i mean women are taught to be polite and submissive to men which translates into women's education i think we've definitely both felt the effects of that and you know in our classroom we go to a extremely progressive school very you know yeah in the west side of la like (laughs) yeah but no matter how progressive a space or classroom may be it's likely that men or boys will 
act on the ingrained belief that they're more knowledgeable than the women around them and the girls around them. And this is generally a self subconscious behavior. You know, it's not intentional. They don't intend to infringe on their female peers' educational experiences, but they are. And I also think it's like you point up this, you bring up this point of intention. Um, and it's like maybe they, they, they don't have the intention of interrupting a girl. However, I think that there's this like subconscious awareness that's like ingrained kind of in everyone that it's like, hey, if I do want to go and like interrupt that whatever, whatever this girl is talking about, I'll have the power to do so because mm-hmm. that's the way the world works. And like obviously a guy isn't thinking that every time they go to like offer their opinion or maybe accidentally interrupt a woman, but that's the truth of it. Yeah. Um, And I think it's important to recognize there's a distinction between a knowledgeable man engaging in conversation, bouncing off a woman's point, and a mansplainer. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with feeling excited. I mean, this is for men, like feeling excited and passionate about a topic or even speaking at length, as long as you know that the other person actively wants to hear your thoughts and has made it clear that she's uninformed on the topic. You know, for example, you mention a topic and the woman responds oh I've never heard of that you know what does that entail or can you explain this for me (laughs) or like what is that and what may hardly affect you know a man's day can severely impact a woman's self-esteem and ability to learn which is really you know it's heavy and Mm -hmm. you kind of think it's such a small act but it really hurts and it has a lot of long-term effects that a lot of women face it's a universal experience i think for women definitely i think when you're experiencing it on the daily as well these like teeny little microaggressions Mm -hmm. um it builds up and i think that's what happened to amelia and i here like we kind of started to realize that like hey we've had so many of these experiences that we should talk about it (laughs) and like this is a real thing and it's like yeah it is and amelia read this rebecca solnit book and everything she said was facts so we'll leave you with this um (laughs) sorry you guys her mom's making a smoothie in the kitchen (laughs) i don't know if they can hear it whatever um next time in your you're in class notice how much more the boys speak than the girls um in is this because the girls don't want to speak or is it because there's no room for them that's something to think about. Men are taking up too much space. Let mm-hmm. me know. Mm-hmm. Women Tweet aren't taking us. up enough space. Yep. I think that's what we can say. Well, anyways, thank you for listening. Um, thank you for joining our first episode. And definitely sort of like bear with us. This is our first episode. Hopefully they'll get progressively better as we go. Um, but and I'm sorry. We're not. I know we like say men, men, men. We are generalizing here. Um, we know that like not all oh, men yeah. are chronic mansplainers. We're kind of more so talking about like a deep societal issue. That was what we're attempting to do in this episode. Um, and something that's been on our minds. So I hope it stays on your minds too. I hope that this episode has left you with something to think about. And men, if you're listening, be a little more conscious. Women, if you're listening, you're Don't be not afraid alone. to speak up. Yeah, you're not alone. Yeah, and we understand why you're afraid, but we're gonna work through it together we got this dismantle the patriarchy (laughs) (laughs) love you guys bye bye